What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Rob Goldberger. And today, we've got a very fun episode, to say the least. It is a big day in sports day. We are filming this on Saturday. So tonight, we do have the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder trilogy bout. Uh, that is a huge match in terms of heavyweight boxing. We've had some very big matches. We saw AJ versus uh, Alexander Usyk uh, just a few weeks ago. Um, so a lot of heavyweight action has really taken place in the boxing scene. We're going to touch on that fight um, in a bit. We're also going to touch on some baseball. Obviously, the playoffs have kicked off. We saw the two wildcard games, the Boston Red Sox and Los Angeles Dodgers advanced. Now we're into the divisional series with those you know, getting underway. And the NFL taking off huge injury this past Thursday night. Russell Wilson, he's going to miss around six weeks or so with the injury. We're going to break all that down and the impact that's going to have on the Seattle Seahawks. But first, like we said, we're going to start here with Tyson Fury, Dante Wilder. When you're watching this, I don't know if it'll either this will be up tonight, tomorrow morning. So you might already know the result of the fight, but we're still going to touch on it. It's a very good, interesting bout. Obviously, the first one resulted in a uh, in a draw. Uh, many people thought Fury won that fight. Obviously, there's that you know instant uh, you know iconic moment where he uh, you know got knocked down in the twelfth round and uh, rose up like the Undertaker. Um, and then in the second fight, it was total domination. Uh, Tyson Fury, uh, you know, knocked Deontay Wilder down twice, and then ultimately the corner threw in the towel. It was getting ugly. Uh, Wilder had a cut below his ear. He made a lot of excuses, said Fury cheated. We heard all that. And now it's here. It's all led up to tonight. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, the third. Tyson Fury is the heavy betting favorite, um, rightfully so. He is a, you know, never lost in his career. So, Rob, do you think that changes tonight? Do you think this is the night that Tyson Fury will get that first career loss? No, I think Tyson Fury's got it tonight. I'd like to see Deontay win. Just, I guess, you know, he's got the American aspect of it. But um, it's really tough. I mean, Fury's the best in the world, I think, by so by such a large margin. Um, a lot of people thought an AJ Fury fight might have come before might come before the trilogy here, but it didn't. And it's crazy how everything works out because you never know what would have happened. Obviously, AJ losing sort of going to lose that opportunity to probably fight Tyson Fury. But such an interesting fight. And it's really the whole landscape of the heavyweight scene changes with a wilder victory tonight. I mean, it, it really would be a, a, a huge upset. I mean, he's really not being given much of a chance. Um, but like Griffin said, he's got that right hand. And anything can happen when you have a right hand like that. So we'll see. Uh, I wonder if he does lose, if we're going to see the same outlandish excuses as last time. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, those were some crazy excuses, man. The fact that he said his trainer was conspiring against him uh i i don't know if we'll see anything like that tonight but it's gonna be a great fight it's gonna be really interesting to see yeah Deontay Wilder I mean we saw in that last the second fight um you know he you know Tyson Fury really pushed the pace on him he, he backed up Deontay Wilder and he said you know in that first fight after that 12th round uh, after he got knocked down he said you know I I know how to beat Deontay Wilder and he did exactly that he put the pace on him and uh, yeah, it was a lot for handle. Both weighed in at uh, career heavy uh, at career heavy weights, uh, which is pretty interesting. Wilder was around two thirty eight, I believe, or so. Tyson Fury two seventy seven. So Fury has a huge advantage in terms of the you know weight forty pounds. I mean, that's pretty big. You don't see that. You know, it's pretty cool because heavyweights you never see a uh, weight difference like you do in the heavyweight division. Um, you know, in any other sport that you know forty pounds is outrageous. Um, but you know, in the heavyweights, it's totally fine. So it's pretty crazy. Uh, in terms of when you think about that, that, you know, Tyson Fury has 40 pounds on him tonight, but it's going to be fun. 
I like how you bring up the AJ Cena mount. I don't think AJ would have beaten Tyson Fury, but that would have been a very fun fight uh, in the terms of the fact that they're both British as well. That would have been a huge, huge fight. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, like you said, Wilder has that right hand, so anything can happen. If Wilder does end up winning, I mean, as crazy as it is, they kind of do have to do it a fourth time because, yes, this is the trilogy, but they did draw the first time. Kind of like McGregor Poirier for me. I mean, that, that third fight, I just don't feel like that's a, you know, it, 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 I don't think it's 2-1 Dustin in that case. You know, I, I don't think Connor should get it right away, but maybe in the future, I feel like they have to do it at least one more time. Um, and I think that's the case here. Tyson Wilder, um, it, you know, especially with the draw, it's it's 1-0 technically for Fury right now, 1-0 and 1. So um, Wilder shouldn't just get to go and run away with the belt in my mind. So should be fun for sure. We both got Tyson Fury. I think a lot of people have Tyson Fury, but you can never doubt Deontay Wilder's right hand. And maybe he's made a lot of improvements. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I agree. The, the, an interesting thing to me, I just want to point this out, is the two seem to have like a decent enough relationship with one another. I don't really sense that sort of animosity you see in a lot of other major combat sports rivalries these days. I think there, you know, there are videos of the two being like sort of getting along. I don't know. I find it very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, fight week, their tensions are rising high now, but those guys have done it twice. Um, I don't think they like each other per se, but do they have respect for each other? Sure. I think you could say they have respect for each other. Um, Yeah. So with that, obviously, that is coming up. Uh, You know, the the world of combat sports has really taken off. UFC, um, not another fight for about a month or so, but we'll have two pay-per-view events or two main, main events, 267, 268, coming up in about a month or so. That'll be great. All right, it's time to talk some baseball. We saw a lot happen in the past week. We saw the New York Yankees lose in the wild card game, six to two. Garrett Cole uh, pitched two innings. Um, you know, it was terrible. That was pretty bad. So we'll talk about that. Cardinals obviously lose a close one, and then we've seen you know two days now of series get started in these divisional series. But we're gonna start with the New York Yankees. Rob, I mean. You were a little higher on the Yankees, I think, than I was personally. I, I, I always kind of said I didn't think this team was built to necessarily make it too far. And, you know, Boston, I mean, they played a great game. Nathan Navaldi pitched a beautiful game. Um, and, you know, can't say the same about Garrett Cole. So what were your thoughts on this game on the New York Yankees and where they can go from here? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The $324 million man did not show up. But, uh, I mean – the whole team, it, it made you sort of realize the postseason, the whole team is really Judge and Stanton and then a bunch of other guys, uh, at least this year. It may be different next year, but that's really what it was when it came down to it in the postseason. Uh, I do want to give you credit, though. You did say that they were really not a good baseball team, and you really did not think that they were built to win, and you really were firm on that the whole the whole sort of summer. So I do want to give you credit there. But, yeah, look, just not a – Garrett Cole fell flat, which is not a sentence you expect to hear when that happens. It's hard to win. I mean, simple as that. When Garrett Cole falls flat, it's it's hard to win. Yeah, I mean, Garrett Cole, that's unacceptable. And, you know, as a Mets fan, personally, and we've heard the name Garrett Cole and Jacob DeGrom in the same sentence recently. I never want to hear that again. Um, that's just disrespectful to Jacob DeGrom. Garrett Cole is, you know, I don't even think he's, a, people think he's the consensus number two. I don't after a performance like that, you can't say that. Um, sure, he's an all-star caliber pitcher. He's an ace, a great pitcher. Um, but I don't know. I'm not – I mean, I just think this guy has had a lot of bad games this year. He pitched a great season. Pitched a, you know, 3-2 ERA or something like that, 3 ERA. But um, I don't know. It just felt like he, he couldn't get it done. And to do something like that, that's embarrassing. You can never come back from that. That is a horrific start. <laughs> and the New York Yankees, like you said, I mean, this is just – 
how they are right now. A lot of underperforming. I mean, that's kind of reminds me of the New York Mets in a way. A lot of guys who people were high on, they just didn't perform. Glaber Torres is one of those guys. Looks like he has just hit a standstill in his career. You don't know what he's going to do. He, with rookie year, he was in 30 homers. Now he can't hit the ball at all. Giro Urshela, um, you know, good defender offensively. Took a step back. DJ LeMahieu looks like he's on a decline potentially. Rizzo, solid piece, but, you know, Luke Voigt was so good for them. Honestly, I think it's hurt them that he's played less. I don't know why he was never in the lineup in those spots. Weird. Brett Gardner's just in there. I mean, it's a weird team. The rotation, to me, incomplete. I don't know where they go from here. Um, we're going to have to see what happens. I, you know, expect some change. I think Boone should be gone. Um, Cashman, we'll see. But in terms of the team itself, I mean, do they bring back Anthony Rizzo? Uh, what's the deal with Luke Voigt, Gleyber Torres, Jorshella? Um, you know, we have to see. This team needs pitching, though, that's for sure. Um, Corey Kluber, I believe it was a one-year deal. I might be wrong. Could be two. But um, they've got to get guys for that rotation. The bullpen, um, they're bigger names back there. Some of them are starting to fade a little bit. They had a good bullpen, though. Clay Holmes, Jonathan Lozaga really stepped up for them. So I'm interested to see what happens with them. But, yeah, I, I think from the beginning, I've never – thought that this team would be a serious threat in October. Very inconsistent. But like you said, Judge and Stanton. Stanton reestablished himself as a superstar this year. You've got to give him credit. Um, when he is on the field, he's one of the best players in baseball. So um, Judge and Stanton, two of the best in the game um, right on the New York Yankees. So with those two guys, anything can happen. They're really set up for success with those two guys. You got Garrett Cole. He's still a great pitcher. Uh, still top five. But I just don't think Incentuous like two or something like that. But yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. Um kind of rambling on here. So, yeah, I'll give you final say on this before we move on to uh, Dodgers yeah. Cardinals. I should say I sympathize with Yankees fans because I understand what it's like to have a team built around three great players and then have nobody else perform all season long. So, yeah. Well, Phillies fans sure. Yep. They, they know Mets fans, uh, you know, somewhat even in there, but we'll move on. Cardinals Dodgers. We saw the Cardinals obviously make that historic run at the end of the season, really, improbable that that team made the playoffs, but they did. They've got a gr really good young core, honestly. I mean, some of these guys, you see Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill. they took the next step this year. Obviously, the pitching somewhat of a concern. There's not as much talent on the pitching side of things, but I mean, this Dodgers team won it walk-off two-run shot for Chris Taylor. It was a close game, honestly, pretty crazy. Um, you know, it was a good game. Max Scherzer made the start, pitched all right, four and a third, nothing crazy. I mean, what are your thoughts on this game? Obviously, the Dodgers went ahead and lost game one in the divisional series. So uh, we do have that context. But, you know, your thoughts on, you know, where the Dodgers stand and also the Cardinals, um, you know, their future even, I guess you could kind of, uh, you know, touch yeah. on. And what do you think? I don't really know how you can be anything but optimistic if you're a Cardinals fan or you are a member of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals organization. I mean, the bullpen, Alex Reyes ended up blowing it in the end. But to find a guy like Luis Garcia and have him perform, who was just a couple years ago in the Phillies bullpen with a six ERA, you know, he was a member of one of those fabled Phillies bullpens that are just absolutely awful. Um, but yeah, it, like you said, just guys stepping up, uh, like, an, like an improbable run. And if they can, I, you know, the, the worry with them is sustainability and if they can really keep this yeah. up. But it's crazy to me as I, I see a lot of people, you know, whether it's on Twitter or another app or even just analysts acting like this is sort of like a foregone conclusion for the Dodgers to win. I mean, the Cardinals really had them by a ropes a couple of times. If they had, what did they leave? Like 11 runners on base or something like that? Yep. 11 runners in position, rather? Yeah, something like crazy, yeah. I mean, if they had just capitalized, 
I mean, the Dodgers are really, really close. I mean, Logan, my, Logan, my last night, I just want to mention, I mean, we'll get to that, but he was outstanding. He really shut that Dodgers lineup down. I don't know. I, Dodgers showing a couple cracks and it's pretty surprising to me considering that obviously insane payroll. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, guys are hurt though for the Los Angeles Dodgers. They've been injured and banged up all year. Yeah. Max Muncy's hurt. I mean, we don't know when he's coming back, if at all. Clayton Kershaw, he's out for the season. So they've got a lot of injuries. They obviously have the whole Trevor Bauer. He's not back. He's not pitching for them again this season. Who knows if he'll ever pitch for them again. Um, that whole legal situation is still, I believe, ongoing. It's very confusing what's going on with that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Dodgers are, you know, they're a great team. Um, I think people think this team is, like, World Series favorites now that they made it out, and I disagree with that. I, I think they are a, a team with holes, that's for sure. The lineup is great. I mean, you've got a lot of star talent. Trey Turner's a superstar. Betts is great. Um, Corey Seager's a beast. But, you know, Justin Turner's always good in the playoffs. Give him credit. But, uh, I mean, Cody Bellinger, this guy's been an absolute stiff for the entire season. His career has gone off the railing. I mean, he is one of the, you know, craziest stories. I mean, him and Yelich, that 2019 season, I believe it was, going back and forth for the MVP. And now these guys have both fallen off the face of the earth. I mean, Yelich has his, you know, mega contract. I don't think Bellinger's gotten his yet. What'd you say? He's one of the worst position players in all of baseball, Cody Bellinger. I mean, it's, Yeah, I mean, it's the, the defense is all right, nothing crazy. But Cody Bellinger at this point, like you said, it's just he's just gone off the face of the earth. He did have a good wild card game, to be fair to him. He did. He did play good. But, um, I mean, it doesn't stop the fact from him having a terrible year, and his career really has just gone downhill. It's kind of crazy to see. Um, yeah, I mean, him and Yelich, that's just – it's just weird thinking about that. Uh, but uh, other than that, I mean, this game, not too much to talk about. We'll move on to the divisional games before we hit the NFL. Houston Astros, man, I mean, this team is just so good in the postseason. Um, I mean, this is a team that I'll give credit to them. After that whole cheating scandal, these past few years, they've really stepped up and played some good baseball and proved that they're actually good ball players. And I think everyone knew they were good ball players. People were just frustrated. And obviously, you do feel cheated if you're a team that was, you know, stopped in that way that you lost the World Series. But this is a good team. They've got some good young pitching. Um, they've got good veterans. I mean, this is a fun ball club. What are your thoughts on the Houston Astros right now? And, uh, you know, they've got some really good talent on that team. I think everybody understands they, they remain an excellent team. I think everybody knew that they were still going to be quite good. At it. And Dusty Vegas has just been terrific as the manager there. Uh, all those guys are just uh, like, they're just winners. I don't know how else to put it. I, I get they're cheaters and they are. And obviously they disgrace the sport, et cetera, but they, they are, they're just winners. They know how to win. Uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see them win the world series this year at all. I think their consistency is amazing. I think their lineup is so deep. Um, uh, they have very few weaknesses and like you just said, they're, they're almost like machine. Like they're just sort of disposing of to have a guy like, you know, Kyle Tucker is your seven hitter. It is just out. It, it, it's outstanding. That lineup is so deep. It's, it's so good. It's just excellent. It's one of the best lineups in baseball. That's for sure. I mean, this Astros team, I think another thing that goes into it is just, they are so experienced in the playoffs. I think I saw something about Alex Bregman it's already in his 50s in terms of games in the playoffs. That's pretty crazy. It might, it might even be boring, but these guys have played so many playoff games. They are so ready for the moment. All of them have had their big moments. Altuve's had the big moments. Bregman, Gurriel, Correa, Brantley. So these guys all know how to handle the moment, and that's the thing. All the pitchers are you know, pitched in these spots too. I mean, this is a team that 
it's probably the most experienced team in the playoffs right now. Um, they have to be. Um, so that's going to give them a boost. Flip side, the White Sox. I mean, this is a team that I think is pretty good, but so far their pitching has just not been there. Giolito looked all right. Lance Lynn, all right. But, um, you know, some of the guys in the lineup also have not hit too well. But, um, I mean, they're a good young ball club regardless. I think the Chicago White Sox have turned their franchise around, at least for now. They're a good team, even if they come out of this um, not victorious. But the bullpen also let them down. I mean, you look at game two, Aaron Bummer three runs, Craig Kimball two runs. That's supposed to be one of the best bullpens in baseball. So they got to get it going. Um, that's kind of all I have to say on that. Um, you want to talk about Red Sox Rays? What are your thoughts so far in that series? Yeah, I mean, I'm impressed at the resiliency the Red Sox showed last night. I really thought it was over when the Reds scored five runs in the bottom of the first. But yeah, I mean, Red, the Red Sox lineup was great last night. They really were. Uh, getting one in Tampa Bay is really good. We, we'll have a conversation about the drop and whether that should still be allowed, you know, whether the, the validity of that stadium, but it, very good for the Red Sox to grab a game on the road. And any Fenway, you know, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate advantage. So we'll see what can happen there. Uh, the Red Sox, you know, notorious for the postseason magic, see if they can pull off from the huge upset. I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't be, especially if the pitching is there and obviously it does need to be there, but the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that lineup is great. They've got so many superstars, Kyle Schwarber, Devers, Bogarts, JD Martinez, Verdugo's a beast Hunter Renfro. I mean, it's a fantastic lineup. You know, the Rays are a, a very good team. And I think Randy or Rosarena, I mean, this guy is just one of the best postseason players in the world. It's pretty crazy. This yeah. guy, I mean, game one of the playoffs, instantly is just stealing home hitting homers i mean it's like the regular season he was all right he wasn't anything i think a lot of people had higher expectations for him but as soon as the playoffs it's i mean this guy's just on another level it's pretty crazy um tampa bay i mean this is a a very weird team i think a lot of baseball fans including myself are very confused at how this team is so good and it's all analytical they are just so intelligent but one thing that's going to hurt them and i do not know if they can win the world series because of this i don't know if they can keep doing this bullpen stuff i mean they do not really have starters that they're able to go out there and roll yeah, for and, and, five and, six innings and, and this connects to a larger issue with the race i think uh it's very impressive what their front office and what their coaching staff is doing with the thing but ownership has to pick it up at a certain point i'm sorry and like i know it's very common in the baseball community to praise the race what they're going and rightfully so but that doesn't mean we have to praise ownership i mean i think ownership has sort of been lacking and if I think it can be scary what the race could do with any sort of financial backing whatsoever. Um, so like you said, with the bullpen issue, I think it just lends itself to that larger issue of the race owners not spending the money they need to. And like I said, I'm not slating the front of office of the coaching staff because what they've done there has been amazing uh, on such a tight, on such a tight budget, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Rays have – I mean, you just think if this team has the ability to go out and sign some of the best pitchers in baseball, what would happen? Um, but like, you know, I, I think that the key for, you know, if there, if there are guys in the bullpen aren't, aren't pitching well, it's not going to go well. And, um, obviously you had a Glasnow, he got hurt. That's super unfortunate, but this team has, has moved away from their starters. They did not hesitate in trading Blake Snell, which look, they made the right move. They, you know, respect to them. They didn't resign Charlie Moore. And I mean, there's guys who have been last year. I mean, when their world series run, they had a very good big three in that starting rotation. They had three legit starters and now you're looking at it. They're starting Shane McClanahan and Shane Baz game one and game two. These are, you know, it's pretty crazy what they're doing. I don't know how this team is so good. 
Respect to the Rays. I mean, this is a very good ball club, no doubt. They've got position players who are very underrated. Brandon Lau specifically, I think, is super underrated. Wander Franco, Young Beast, Mike Zunino is a very good power hitter. So we'll see what happens. I'm very intrigued by uh, that series, that's for sure. I think Boston might be able to win it, though. I'll be honest. I think Boston's in a good spot. Yeah. If that offense is going, I think the Rays are in some serious trouble. Agree. Uh, quick question. Wander Franco, top five player in baseball, when? How many years from now? <sighs> gonna it's be tough because I'm going to be honest. I don't know. Right now, getting there is very hard because you got to look at some of these young players. True. You've got Mike Trout, who's still going to be there, but he is injured. You got Otani. You've got you know Juan Soto, who I think might be the best player in baseball. To be honest, you've got Fernando Tatis Jr. He's a beast. Ronald Acuna's very young. Degrom has to be up there right now, regardless of the injuries. Vlad Guerrero, not top five, but very good player as well. I mean, there's just so much talent right now, especially young talent. So to pinpoint a specific time, I mean, he would have to pass one or two of those really good talented ball players. I don't know. I think it's going to be very hard for him to be top five, top ten, maybe in two, three years potentially. The upside's there, but I mean, top five, he's going to have to be a full-on superstar to be a top five player. I mean, I think it's definitely possible to do this in his rookie season, man. I mean, he's absurd. He, he's absurd. I mean, obviously, the contract he's going to get is going to be – did they already sign him? Do you know? I think he has maybe like a six-year extension. I'll look it up. I got it. Um, no, I think – Super prospect Wander Franco wants a $300 million contract on his table within four years. So that'll be interesting whether the Rays pay that. <laughs> that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Wow, that's funny. All right. Well, moving on. Um, I mean, Wander Franco, you got to look, three and a half war player. He played a few months. Like, it was a very good work, rookie season, but wasn't unworldly. Like, he was very good on – he got on base, so that's for sure. But um, there's still room for improvement, obviously, but he's only 20 years old, so pretty impressive, no doubt. We got to talk about the Giants, uh, Dodgers. I mean, the Braves, Brewers, I don't know. It's been very – the second game's on right now. I feel like that's kind of a lull series. To me, I think the Brewers are going to win that series. I don't think the Braves are really built to win in the playoffs. The Brewers are a very good team, especially with that big three in the rotation. So I'm expecting the Brewers to win um, – if you want to say something about that before you talk about Giants Dodgers, go ahead. But Giants Dodgers, I mean, Logan Webb, he looks like an absolute stud. This guy's emerged as one of the best young pitchers in baseball. What a, what a stellar performance last night. And on the flip side, Walker Buehler gave up three runs. He's looked a little shaky as of recent, uh, not the best start. Giants, I mean, this team just continues to find a way to win baseball games. They have to have a deal with the devil at this point. It's, it's, it's absurd. This team is – how did they get brand? Did they transform Brandon Crawford? Did did they take his 2012 self and uh, put him in 2021? Uh, him and Buster Posey, obviously, last night at home runs, but they've been outstanding the entire season. They really have been. Um, uh, Gabe Kapler, I don't know how he just he just won 107 games and has one up one up on the Dodgers. But this has been the story of the San Francisco Giants season. Just guys stepping up when they need to. Uh, Logan Webb, not only going seven two thirds scoreless, but preserving that bullpen is just uh, the importance of that cannot be stressed enough. Um, the, the Giants, uh, I actually picked them to win the World Series before this, uh, before the postseason. I don't know how that pick's going to be, but I'm not going to waver from it. 
I think they're very deep. I think they're very good. And I think I've seen teams like this all across multiple sports, if this may if this will make sense, where they just catch fire and the vibes are just sort of there for a championship team where it's like, I don't really see anyone sort of defeating them. Yeah, uh, I think the Giants are a very good baseball team. This is – the fundamentals are incredible. I know they had two errors last night. This is a team that rarely makes errors. They hit the baseball. They've got veterans galore. Every player on that roster is worthy of playing and will play during these playoffs. It's a very good team. Their bullpen's good. They've got a good rotation. Guys have stepped up there, like you said. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, I think the Dodgers are in not a good spot. And I think that San Francisco atmosphere at, uh, you know, Oracle Park, I think it's called now, not AT&T. Insane. One of the best atmospheres in the game for sure. And uh, the Giants, I mean, this is just what a job they've done. I mean, if you looked at this roster on opening day and someone told you they'd win 107 games and be in a prime spot to win the World Series, you would have been – it would have been mind-blowing, I think, to say the <laughs> least. What they have done is mind-blowing. All props to them. No one saw this coming. I still don't even believe – when I'm looking at this, this you know, 107 and 55 record, and I don't even believe it right now. It's insane. Right. I'm still in shock. I'm still I, waiting for this team to fall apart, and it's just insane. I used to do a thing, like a game with myself for the summer. Like, I wonder how long, like, the Giants can keep this hold on the NLS. Like, I wonder when the NLS – like, I was like, if they get to se- September, the beginning of September, it'll be pretty impressive. And then the, it just kept going and going and going, and finally – the Dodgers didn't catch them, but it's like, who are they, some? Who are some of these dudes? That are and it's like, it's like Buster Posey as it's a, it's just unbelievable. And credit to Gabe Kapler, man, because he's obviously getting the very best out of these players. And to do something like this in his first full season is is really really outstanding. Yeah, Gabe Kapler, he will be there for a long time. That's for sure. You gotta love the glasses as well from Gabe. Um, I mean, any. Predictions. I know you just said the Giants are kind of your World Series favorite. Um, I mean, how do you see the uh, the AL shaking up before we move to the uh, NFL? I'm still going to go with the Rays, actually. I, I understand. I just trashed their organization and how it functions. <laughs> I still think they're, they're, they're an excellent team. Uh, I think it'll definitely be Rays-Astros. But uh, I'm going Giants over Rays in the World Series. That's my prediction. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm going to go Astros to make the World Series. I think that team is just so experienced, so talented, and they've got a good front of the rotation, which I like. I know the Rays are just, to me, I just don't think that playoff, uh, you know, I don't think that pitching is sustainable for the entire playoffs the way they're doing it, um, I'll be honest. So I'm going to go with the, uh, the Astros. I think the Rays will probably squeeze in. But honestly, I might see Boston in there. I, I really do think Boston can win this. Um, if game three will be so crucial, I think whoever wins game three is probably winning that series. Um, but it'll be fun. I got Astros and then the NL, honestly, I mean, I'm kind of thinking that, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers are a very good ball club. This is a team that is very underrated and, um, pitching wins, uh, wins championships. And I think this is a team that is in a very good spot right now. Uh, I think them and the giants are the top two teams in this playoff push, uh, in the national league. To be honest, I don't know which one I'd pick. Um, Honestly, I think the Brewers might make the World Series. It's kind of crazy to, to say, but this is just such a good rotation. And I think if those guys catch fire, there's absolutely no team in the world that can uh, stop them right now in these playoffs. So Astros Brewers, I guess I'll go with as a prediction. Weird to say that out loud, but uh, I'm going to go with it. And uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Astros. I think the Astros are going to win the World Series this year. Actually, 
Yeah, I'll go Astros. I'm going to take the Astros to win the World Series. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Giants to win it all and Giants race in the World Series. Well, we'll see what happens with that. But Shorter backfire on me. That's shorter backfire on me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Dodgers could easily win that series. That's for sure. We'll see what happens, but we are going to touch on the NFL. Um, we're not going to talk too much about the games on last week. Don't want to make this episode go too long. Um, but we will touch about the Thursday night game and then give our predictions for the week. So, obviously, we saw the Rams win this one. Matthew Stafford, honestly, you know, ever since I said he was the MVP favorite, he has played like utter trash. So, uh, pretty funny, to say the least. But let me just say, Daryl Henderson, this guy's emerging as a uh, potential stud RB. He is a monster, little banged up. Robert Woods finally got involved. Cooper Cup looks great. And obviously, the real storyline here, Russell Wilson, he's going to be out for six weeks. Obviously, the Rams, we don't really have to talk about them. I feel like we both agree that they're a top two team in the NFC and whatnot. But Seattle, I mean, they're two and three right now. And Russell Wilson's going to be out for six weeks. What do you see happening with the Seattle Seahawks right now? Uh, plainly, I think they're screwed. Uh, I really do. Especially considering they don't own their, their own first-round pick this year. Really not good. The Jets. Yeah, the Jets, which that is looking like an all-time heist by the Jets. Uh, <laughs> That the, the the Jamal Adams trades, quite frankly, he's a he's a very good player. I mean, obviously everybody knows that, but he's not he's not a safety. I think people have kind of come to that realization, uh, and it's always a little questionable to me when teams trade more than two first round picks for a player that's not a quarterback, considering sort of the math and the analytics say that it's really not worth it unless you're getting a quarterback back because they are sort of the game changers, but um. Yeah, I think the Seahawks are screwed. I mean, I, I like Geno. I mean, I, I don't think he'll be like the worst quarterback in the NFL, but they're 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 going to be bad. Uh, they're they're going to finish last place in that division easily, and I think they even really could finish with like a top twelve or thirteen pick, especially if they're like two and eight or nine or something. And if they really do lose all these games, and that they're two and eight or nine or three and seven, I could see them just not playing Russell the rest of the year to be cautious and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, the Seahawks, like you said, they're just screwed. I mean, Chris Carson's already dealing with injuries, and now you got this. And Geno Smith, I mean, look, he looked fine, but it's not going to – I mean, that's kind of just the one, like, little magical spree I think we're going to see. Geno Smith is not very good. You know, he's going to be sprung into a spot that, you know, he probably didn't expect to be thrown into. I mean, this is Russell Wilson's a guy who's missed, like, six snaps over the past, like, five years or something, like, stupid like that. I mean, just ridiculous. He missed no games. So Geno Smith is, uh, you know, just not a good quarterback in my mind. This is not one of the best, better backup quarterbacks in this league. This is someone who's mid. He looked good, and he does have some weapons, but the old line's bad, and I think uh, sorry, once they get in the spot, once they just get hold on, hold on, in see. a spot where – Do you know Do you know who that was? Who was that? Freaking James. You'll just cut all – you can cut that, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Sorry, bro. You good? All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a very weird spot. Geno Smith, I'm not too confident in him or in the Seattle Seahawks, and they're in the toughest division in the NFL, arguably. Um, so it, I think they're screwed, like you said. We'll see what happens. Um, unfortunate for Russell Wilson, you got to feel for the guy, though. But we are going to move on to our week five predictions. Already week five. Pretty The NFL season, once it starts going, it starts going. Uh, it it goes quick. It moves quick. Um, it does, and we have our first London game of the season, which is very exciting. It's always nice to wake up and be able to throw on a game, especially for my New York Jets, who 
pulled out the surprising win. I feel like we both weirdly knew they were going to do it last week, but we just picked yeah. the Titans anyway. I mean, that was such a Jets game to win. <laughs> Jets Falcons. I mean, I know the Jets are probably going to lose this game, but I'm going to go with the Jets in this one. I do think that the Falcons wide receiver situation is very suspect. Uh, they're going to be very down. Calvin Ridley is out as well as Russell Gage. So they're down to their third string receiver, who's uh, Olamide. I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name because it's probably disrespectful at that point. Um, no offense. Um, but, you know, I think the Jets are in a good spot. Zach Wilson looked very good last week. He showed a lot of upside and a lot of, you know, that talent, that arm that, you know, the Jets knew that that's what he got. Well, that's why he landed at number two. That's what we saw last week. So Jets, they had a busy week. They extended John Franklin Myers as well. So I'm excited for this game. It should be a fun one. Um, but I'll go Jets, honestly. I think they might be the better team here. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Falcons here just because I think they're the, I actually am on the other side. I think they're better than the Jets personally. Um, I'm okay, mostly because I'm a little suspect about the Titans, but we'll get to that a little later. But yeah, I'm the Falcons here just because, like you said, it's a Jets game to win, lose to win last week, it's a Jets game to lose this week. Classic, just like Jets drubbing in London. I don't know why, but yeah, yeah, I. I- I don't know why we keep going back here, but um, all right. Patriots, Texans. I mean, this honestly is a weird one. If it wasn't Davis Mills, then obviously it might be a little different, but I'm going to go Pats here. I mean, they played the Bucs really well last week. That defense stepped up. They did release Stephon Gilmore, which we just haven't talked about. So let's touch on that real quick. I mean, Stephon Gilmore released this past week by the New England Patriots. He, He's on the Carol. Oh, traded. That's true. Traded. He was supposed to be released, essentially. Traded to the Carolina Panthers. I mean, what are your thoughts on that deal? Surprising. I mean, I was shocked. I'll be honest. A little surprising, but I actually thought it was a pretty good deal for the uh, Panthers. I'll talk about their perspective. Uh, it's really not a very high risk thing. Uh, he is only on contract. They do have to see if they want to resign him. If they do resign him, I think that would be a good move to pair him and JC Horn for the future. That can be a very scary uh, defensive secondary. Uh, sort of have Gilmore mentor Horn there for a couple of years. But for the Patriots perspective, I, I think this is all about sort of allocating that money for that JC Jackson contract. Um, I really do. And if that, if that is true, I think that's a good move for them. Uh, I sort of understand. I think the franchise and Stefan Gilmore, who's a player who's still, he probably believes that is at his peak. He wants to compete for championships and the Patriots who, you know, Bill Belichick kind of realizes this might be, not a year where the Patriots are going to be among the top teams in the AFC and sort of just have them go in two different directions and start, uh, secure their quarterback in the future, uh, cornerback in the future uh, with J.C. Jackson. Yeah, it was a weird move. Um, I, I mean, I feel like there was some reports earlier in the year that, you know, this might happen. So not maybe totally surprising, but still weird to happen, like you said. But Carolina, I mean, that's a good move for them. Obviously, with J.C. Horn heard, that's going to help their secondary. And the Panthers have been really pushing to uh, – you know, be a good team. We'll, we'll touch on that. Christian McCaffrey probably going to be back next week. It's looking like, um, but what are your thoughts, Pats or Texans on this one? I'm assuming you're going New England. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going with the Pats. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I just That's thought obvious. I'm not going to pick any team with Davis Mills. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. I keep, this is getting annoying. Maybe this will do it this time. Lions Vikings. Don't click. I picked the Lions. Last... It's cool. Yeah. I don't know. Is oh. This is just a pain. It's not working. I don't know. Screw this. Lions, Vikings, I mean, I'm going to go Vikings, I'll be honest. I think the Vikings are a good team. They had a bad week last week. Um, I think this is a pretty easy pick, honestly. Lions suck. I mean, I'll be honest. They're a very bad team. 
I thought they were better than they were in last week against the Chicago Bears. They proved that they're a sub-three team in the league. So I'm going to go Minnesota Vikings. I think they're better than their record shows. They had a tough week offensively, but this week, great week to get going against a very bad Lions defense. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Vikings. No, I'm not even going to elaborate. I'll lead into the next game, though. I'm going to go with uh, the Birds, actually, this weekend. I don't know. They played the Chiefs close. That score really was not indicative of what of what happened. I mean, they were they were down five with about six and a half with like seven and a half minutes left in the third quarter in the fourth quarter. Uh, we're just really, 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 really bad in the red zone. Um, I'd like to see Miles Sanders get involved more, but I think the Panthers are fraudulent. I really do. I, I really think they're not good. And I'm gonna go at the Eagles. This is gonna look good. I, I'm actually like a hundred percent confident we're gonna win this game. 100% confident. I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers here. Um, I, you know, I think the Eagles play the Chiefs close, but I mean, the Chiefs blew up that Eagles defense. The Eagles defense played very bad. And I mean, Carolina, they are without Christian McCaffrey, but at the same time, this is a better defense than the Kansas City Chiefs. That Kansas City defense is horrific. It's one of the worst in the NFL. Um, I mean, they, the Chiefs, honestly, Super Bowl favorites might be out the window because of that defense. Honestly, it is that horrific. So I'm going to go Panthers. I think that defense has played pretty well. Sam Darnold has been very impressive so far. And then this is one of their tougher defensive tests, weirdly enough, so far this season, um, which will be interesting. But, I mean, the Panthers have a really easy start to their schedule. No offense to the Eagles, but they are a one-and-three ball club, I believe. So um, I'm going to go Carolina. I think DJ Moore's had a great start. Robbie Anderson, they've got weapons. Um, and I'm, I don't know, Jalen Hurts, he had a good week, but I feel like against the tougher Panthers, D, that front seven's pretty electric as well. So give me Carolina. I don't know. I'm going into it too much. I think it'll be a pretty interesting game, actually. I agree. Saints, football team. I mean, in the New Orleans Saints, man, I don't even know where to start with the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> they go and lose to the football Giants. Um, this is the worst, most in- inconsistent team in the league at this point. But I'm going to pick them this week. I, I think it's one of those weeks that they're going to go ahead and win. Uh, Washington, they are 2-2. Two and two. Uh, They had a nice comeback win against Atlanta. Um, but I don't know. I think the Saints are – it's just one of those weeks where we're going to see them have a very good week. Jameis Winston, I mean, he's been inconsistent. Alvin Kamara had zero targets last game. I don't know what's going on with that. That, to me, is mind-blowing that this guy is not, you know, one of the best receiving backs in the league. He doesn't have a single target. That's very confusing. Saints defense is all right. Not that amazing. Uh, but Taylor Henneke shouldn't pose too, too much of a threat. Uh, Terry McLaurin, though, uh, definitely a guy to look out for. But I'm going to go Saints. Uh, but this game could go either way, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints as well here, mostly just because I dislike the football team. But, yeah, like you said, this is going to be a game where the Saints just, like, blitz them in the first quarter and then cruise to a victory. I don't know. Like you and I said, we said it after week one, this team reeks of inconsistency. Absolutely reeks of it. And I think Washington really isn't very good. I think the Saints – and I think the QB play from New York – I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't believe I'm giving Daniel Jones praise. Daniel Jones is very good last week. He really was. Um, but Daniel Jones, I think, is much better than Taylor Heineke. I think the Saints will get this done. Yep, I agree with you there. Uh, Titans, Jags, we'll both go Titans, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah maybe not. Yeah. Um, Titans, though, they looked bad last week. Obviously, their top two receivers were out, but Ryan Tannehill has not looked particularly good this year. He has really struggled, to be honest. Um, and that defense is very suspect, but they do have a nice matchup this week against, I mean, Urban Meyer and the Jags. I mean, what is going on down there? This is just the worst team in the league. I mean, it is a disaster going on with Urban Meyer at the bar. 
Uh, I mean, what a joke at this point. Um, they'll lose. They'll be one of the worst teams once again. Urban Meyer will be fired by the end of the year or at the end of the year. Um, yeah, this will be Titans in this one. Um, but Titans, are, this division sucks, I'll be honest. It's the worst division in the NFL. No, it's terrible. And uh, Jaguars are just – people – I mean, a lot of people could see the Urban Meyer going – Urban Meyer and I are going south. I just don't think a lot of people saw it like this. <laughs> yeah. It has gone south quicker than a lot of us expected. This next game, I mean, do we even have to talk about it? This is Bucks easy. Uh, this should actually be a blowout. Um, yeah. I don't know, though. Last week was weird, but Brady, I think, was feeling the pressure. And it was a weird game. It was raining. Very, uh, very high-pressure situation, weirdly enough, for a regular season game. Yeah, uh, I'll go with the Bucks. Uh, which is good. The Dolphins, the Eagles might turn that pick into a top five pick that they got for exchanging Waddle and for Smith in a top five pick. I got to tell you, I like that deal a lot. It's kind of crazy that the Dolphins gave up a first rounder for yeah, and, and, move and, and, and the funniest part were, was that some Eagles fans were mad at the time. And I was thinking, what if the Dolphins are really bad next year? We could have like a top five pick or something. Yeah. Might be the case. Very, very interesting. Packers, Bengals, Packers have proven themselves after that week one debacle. So I'm going to pick them here. Bengals have, you know, showed up, but this is going to be a, a rough game, I think, for them. Jair Alexander was placed on IR today. So that will be a big loss, uh, especially going up against a good receiving court that the Cincinnati Bengals do possess. But Aaron Rodgers, he's got it going. Devonta Adams, expect him and Aaron Jones to have good games. I mean, this is a great offense. Uh, they did just sign Jalen Smith as well, who was released by the Cowboys. So we'll see if he is able to get some snaps. I don't know if he'll be fully acclimated to the uh, playbook yet. So we'll see what happens. But I'm going to go Packers in this one. Uh, yeah, I'll roll with the Bengals too. I don't think – I think the Bengals suck. <laughs> I, I like – people were like getting excited over a comeback last-second win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Come on. They, they suck. I think Joe Burrow is pretty good. I think Joe Burrow is pretty good, but I, I really don't think the Bengals are very good at all. And I'll, I'll, I'll just leave us into the next one. Uh, I'm going to go with the Broncos here, just lean into that AFC North thing. I think the Steelers might be even worse than the Broncos. We talked about it last week, but uh, Ben Ben Roethlisberger must have some sort of compromising photos of Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada uh, to be able to continue starting because it, it's, it's almost ridiculous at this point. I, there might be 40 quarterbacks in the league that are better than Ben Roethlisberger right now. Um, it's just almost, it's almost malpractice that they're starting him at this point. I saw something that said uh, the Steelers will not bench Ben Roethlisberger no matter what, apparently this season, which is pretty yeah. funny. Um, I am going to pick the Steelers in this game though. Um, it is a home game. I think that Steelers defense is very underrated. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, I believe is out. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, yeah, let me look that. Yeah, so he's out, Drew Locke. I mean, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, look, I'll be honest, Najee Harris looks very good, and I think Najee Harris could be in for a big game. I know the Broncos have a very good defense, but Najee Harris is a, a very strong running back. He's impressed so far. Deontay Johnson, another guy who's looked good. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think this is one of those gut feelings. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers will find a way to win this game. And uh, Denver, I mean, I think they're a solid team, very good defense. But I don't know. I, I think after last week, uh, I'm just not as high on them. Uh, I just don't – I think they'll be mid. I think they'll be like a 500 ball club or so. All right. Um, yeah. So Bears Raiders. Uh, I'll go with the Raiders here quite easily. Uh, Justin Fields showed some good things last week. I could, granted, against an awful Lions defense, like you mentioned earlier. 
However, you know, any improvement from a rookie is good to see. I am going to roll with the Raiders. I think they're just a much better team than the Bears. Uh, it'll be nice when they get back on track. I do think the Raiders are a pretty good team. Obviously, John Gruden might be in some hot water. We don't know what's going to happen with that. So that's a whole other aspect. But I am going to roll with the Raiders here to beat the Bears because I really think the Bears are bad. Um, and that offense might, might, might really struggle on Sunday. Yeah, um, Justin Fields named the starter this past week as well. Another storyline we didn't necessarily mention earlier, but uh, congrats to him. Obviously, big news there. So we'll see if the Bears kind of start to build that scheme around him and, and really develop that offense. But I'm going to pick the Raiders in this one. They're a good team. Obviously, they lost on Monday Night Football last week to the Chargers, but um, Chargers are also a very good team. The Raiders, though, uh, I mean, this is a home game. That place is uh, becoming a very tough place to play. A lot of devoted Raiders fans down in Las Vegas. That's a fun city, fun town for sure for the Raiders to be, uh, you know, having that much, you know, passion surrounding. It's a very, it's a Raiders town, honestly. That's what I've heard, what I've seen from the broadcast and whatnot. So I'm going to go Raiders. Derek Carr, uh, I think we'll bounce back this week. He had a tough week last week. He'll have a good week. And I think Josh Jacobs will have a uh, bigger role this week than last week uh, coming off the injury. Moving on to the Browns and the Chargers. This should be, a, what did you say? It's Browns Chargers is tomorrow. I didn't even realize that. And Bill's Browns Chargers and Bill's Chiefs. We got, Two very good games still to touch on here. Browns, Chargers, this is arguably two of the better AFC AFC teams at the moment. Chargers, both, and Chargers and the Browns, both three and one. I'm going to pick the Cleveland Browns. I've I've rolled with the Browns, and I'm sticking with the Browns. Baker Mayfield last week had a very bad performance, I'll be honest. That was not good at all against the Vikings. They barely squeaked that out, but that defense showed a lot of heart. I mean, we've seen Jadavion Clowney. He's looked fantastic so far opposite Miles Garrett. His defense has played really well. Greedy Williams has been healthy. Grant Delpit is on there. I mean, that's the key health for this defense. They've seen guys healthy. That D-line has looked great. And I think the offense will get going. I think that rushing attack is the best in the league. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, what a, what a duo those two are. So uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, you hear this week Odell Beckhamson playing with like a torn shoulder tendon or yeah, something like that for 10 years. I'm like, I don't know if that's – I don't know the validity to that. I mean, I but I mean, <laughs> Him and Baker both banged up, apparently. Um, kind of weird and crazy, but yeah, is what it is. I'm going to go with the Browns in this one. Yeah, I'll go with the. I'm going to go with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers here. Uh, didn't really, really like what Baker showed last week at all. Uh, I really like. I think the Chargers have a lot of momentum coming off two huge divisional victories. It's unfortunate that they won't have a home field advantage. I mean, that, that place will probably sound just like Cleveland tomorrow, but uh, I, I am going to go with the Chargers. I think they're an excellent football team. I think Justin Herbert is – I've said it so many times on this podcast, but I think he's an otherworldly quarterback. Um, and I think Brandon Staley is really, really good at his job. I think uh, – I'm not sure if you've seen some of his post-game press conference clips, but they've been really insightful and really good. Um, I think he's I think he's very good at his job. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers here, and I think – they might even be the second best team in the AFC. Uh, I, I still do think I'll, I'll, I'll just say this for later, but uh, I really think the Los Angeles Chargers are excellent. Uh, I do. And I'm going to pick a victory for them tomorrow. Very bold take there. I'll be honest. Chargers second best team. They're a very good team. Though. Not, yeah. every, not everything can be uh straightforward. Got to spice it up sometimes. I like it. I like it. Um, moving on to an NFC East matchup, Giants-Cowboys. I'm going to go Cowboys here. This shouldn't be a particularly a close game. That Cowboys offense is unreal. This team is very good, and the defense has played very well. Trevon Diggs, uh, what a story so far. I mean, not even a story, but just what a performance so far. Five interceptions in four games. 
this kid looks like he's legit and he's uh, developing into one of the uh, premier quarterbacks, quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, so Dallas, I mean, this is a good ball club, very good offense. They should easily win the Giants, but against the Giants, I win against the Giants. My words are all mixed up today, but I'll give credit. Daniel Jones so far, first four games, like you said earlier, it's been very impressive. He is clearly potentially taking a step forward. Um, I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback yet. I'm not going to call him star, but he's approaching that you know level where you have to say it makes it interesting to decide whether he is the franchise quarterback or not going into the future. Very impressive year so far. I'll be honest. I've definitely seen some improvement and have been impressed. Yeah, I think that's another major storyline to watch. I think there's not really too much doubt that the Dallas Cowboys are going to win this game. Obviously, the progression of Daniel Jones is going to be a huge storyline to follow. Um, for me, I know he's shown you know, glimpses this season. I think he's been very good this season. But for me, if I were asked to give him that contract, that franchise quarterback assurance contract, I, I just couldn't at this stage. He's got to keep this up for the rest of the year. And if he can take a Josh Allen type leap where he's terrible his first two years and his third year in the league, he becomes one of the best quarterbacks in the league, then good for him. Then he's figured it out. But if I were asked right now, uh, I just couldn't. So, yeah, that, that'll be the main storyline to follow for me. Uh, I'll go with the Dallas Cowboys in a not particularly close game. The things that Dallas Cowboys offense might do to that uh, New York Giants defense, not going to be good. Uh, I mean, moving on to the next game, Niners Cardinals. Trey Lance had to make his first career NFL start, but that doesn't matter to me. I'm taking the Cardinals. This is the team that I predicted to beat the Rams last week, and they did. And the Cardinals are shocking a lot of people. I think this is a very good team. That defense is underrated. It's a good unit, and they've got a very good offense. Kyler Murray emerging as one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL, um, and they've got weapons. They've got D-Hop, obviously, but the thing that's different this year is the plethora of other guys they have. They've had Christian Kirk, but now they've got A.J. Green. They've got uh, Rondell Moore. They're using Chase Edmonds, James Conner. This is a lot of guys are involved next, Williams even. Um, so a lot of guys involved. It's been a good offense. Defense is playing well. Give me the Cardinals in this one. It'll be interesting to see how Trey Lance does, though, in his first career NFL start. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I mean, Kyler has been just unbelievable so far. He's been so good. He's taking the leap that I was just talking about with Daniel Jones. He's taking that leap to the star quarter, to you know, one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL. But, uh, yeah, uh, going to be a pretty hostile environment for Trey Lance making his first career start. I, I actually think he, uh, he might play well. I think that Cardinals defense – it is a little bit suspect. I mean, they played pretty well last week, but uh, I'm going to go with the with the, with the Arizona Cardinals here. Uh, I think it might not even be a particularly close game. Game that offense is 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 pretty special. So, no doubt, two offenses as two offenses as I cannot get the words out today. I don't know what it is. Bills Chiefs, two great offenses and a, one pretty good defense and one horrible defense. So I think that's going to be the story. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills in this game. I think the Bills are a pretty good team. Um, I mean, the Chiefs offense is definitely the best unit in this, uh, you know, in this game. But I think the Buffalo Bills have the pieces to stop the Chiefs, and I just don't think that Chiefs defense is going to be able to stop Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and all those guys. We've seen Zach Moss. He really looks like he might have taken a step forward. Him and Devin Singletary have done a good job in this, uh, you know, the group, the running backs. And that's been the problem with the Buffalo Bills and offense. That's been why it's not been a premier offense in this league. Not premier, but not like top three per se, potentially, is because they didn't have a rushing attack. Now that they've got a decent rushing attack, it's not a great rushing attack, but one that's, you know, decent plus the rushing of Josh Allen. 
uh, makes for a pretty interesting uh, offense, to say the least. I think the Chiefs are fantastic. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I just think the Buffalo Bills will be able to get more stops than the Kansas City Chiefs in this game. So I think that's what it's going to come down to. So I'm going to go Bills in this one. Uh, you know my story. I'm not picking against the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Uh, just never going to happen with me. I know the Chargers beat them there a couple of weeks ago. But, yeah, I mean, uh, this is just a game where – I could see the Chiefs putting up like 40 points. That, that offense, just watching them in person gives you like a whole nother appreciation for them. You realize just how good they actually are. I mean, they're a well-oiled machine. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just – the guy is other – I said it to describe Herbert earlier, but he's an otherworldly quarterback. I mean, he's the best quarterback in the NFL, I think, by such a wide margin. Um, and I think that will be the deciding game between two elite, elite teams, which I think both of them are despite the Chiefs – very real defensive struggles. Uh, I think the team with the best quarterback, to me, usually prevails in the struggles. We saw it last year. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. Never going to pick against them at Har- uh, in Harrowhead. That's fair. Um, you can't really go too wrong with the Chiefs ever, uh, but that defense is very suspect. we got to see some better play from them. Last game of the week, Colts-Ravens Monday night uh, in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, they played pretty well. They just wouldn't beat the Denver Broncos. So I'm going to go with the Ravens here. The Colts obviously did pick up a nice first win last week. Keeps them right in the AFC South hunt, to be honest, with the Titans losing as well. So Colts are right in it for that uh, division title, which will be you know maybe eight or nine win team. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go Ravens here. I think this is a better team. I think the Colts defense has very, played very bad this year um, compared to last. So it's taking a step down. I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a field day terms of you know running the football and i think we'll see mark andrews marquise brown i think mark andrews will get a touchdown this week oh uh, yeah we'll i'm gonna go get on the board yeah <laughs> sorry you cut out for a second there but uh yeah I'm gonna yeah go. i know i i get that i'm gonna roll with the ravens here as well this game's not gonna be close at all Wentz, i think they're, they're not gonna win anything with him at quarterback you know how i feel <laughs> i mean i picked against them every game this year so far i'm gonna pick against them again this is gonna be a blowout in my opinion I hope it is anyway, and I hope Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt so we can get that first-round pick. And the, the possibility of three top-ten picks remains, Griffin. It does. Uh, and you know what I heard? I hear uh, Russell Wilson. He might be asking out again this offseason. I'm not sure a team can put together a better offer than three first-round picks. Three top-ten picks, I should I don't even know if you'd want to give up all that, to be honest, for Russ. I don't know if you guys are championship contenders at this moment. And Maybe. like that, that he would be different. Maybe I'll be not. honest. I don't know if I do that. Three top tens. I don't know. That's something else. Maybe not. Maybe two top tens and and a second or something like that. I don't know. Not the best draft class, though. I will say that this sure. isn't the year to have three top tens. Yeah, quarterbacks is- are terrible. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's definitely some elite players you got. You know, uh, Dabo, I don't know how you pronounce his last name from Oregon. You got Derek Stingley, the Buckeyes wide receiver. So there's some guys here and there, but um, it's not the best draft class. I feel like last year's was probably more top heavy. Yeah, definitely. But three, three top tens would be pretty special, no doubt. And uh, with that, we will wrap this one up on this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you haven't already, please drop a subscribe, like, comment on the video. We appreciate it all so much. Um, go check us out on Instagram, our podcast, Outside the Arena podcast there. Um, go check out our Instagrams. Our Instagrams will be in the bio, in the description, um, in the bio, in the description. I can't speak today. I don't know what it is, Rob. I'm not getting the <laughs> words are not coming out the right, the right. Oh, I can't, can't speak still. 
Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, outside the arena there. I'm going to try and finish this one up quick. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, should be a very good night of sports. We got boxing, MLB, NFL's coming. Wake up tomorrow morning with some NFL. So, you guys, uh, you know, stay safe and enjoy this uh, fantastic weekend of sports.